Sunday to everybody. This is the ultimate celebration, the ultimate uh, experience of God's power and life that he brings to us that we're celebrating this morning. And as Easter said, as, as Jenny said, we're talking about, our, our kind of our theme is the old made new this morning. I really want to, uh, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Jonathan Hupp and I get to serve as, as pastor here. And today we want to really look at what is the real meaning of Easter? What is, what is Easter all about? And in some ways, it's kind of, we get it sort of just on an emotional, visceral level that, man, Jesus rose from the, the dead. He conquered death. He conquered evil. There's just sort of a, yeah, he's the man, is sort of response that is, that is really appropriate. And it's true that, wow, God proved himself to be the Son of God and the Savior of the world and the one who, who brings us life. Um, but we're going to delve a little bit more into this, this theme of, of, of what that means. And the early believers, it's, it's interesting that at the moment when Jesus died, the moment in, where it says that he breathed his last and gave up his spirit, there was an earthquake, and tombs in Jerusalem opened up, and people who had been dead came back to life. That even before Jesus was resurrected a couple of days later, other people were resurrected. And that's important because God was showing us that the resurrection is new creation, not only for Jesus, but for us, for the earth, for people. That his new life was not only for him, but it was for everybody who would believe in him and follow after him. And there is a, a new creation. And the last uh, couple of months, our family's been pretty tied up in this kitchen remodeling project. Uh, we had, for years, we have had this really old linoleum in our kitchen that we didn't like when we first moved into our house, like 14 years ago. And every year, our like factor of this linoleum decreased. And the agedness factor of this floor was, was increasing also. And so there's this, this old floor that just we didn't really like, and these cabinets that are really nice cabinets, but we just didn't really like the look of them. The color wasn't wasn't our style. So for years, it was, it was, it's actually been on my uh, prayer list the last couple of years, like, God, I'm just trusting you. I think you want us to have a renovated kitchen, and would you provide for that? And it's, there's this sense of, man, there's this, this old environment that it's not bad, it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's a lot better kitchen than a lot of people in the world have, but there was just a sense that, you know, it would be so great to renovate this thing and have fresh walls, fresh floor, fresh cabinets, and just... In the last couple of months, we came to the place like, you know what, I think we're ready to do that. The, God had provided the money, and we're ready to do that. And so we got brand new wood floors, and we got the cabinets painted, and now we have this, this new kitchen. And in a, in a lot of ways, and we got a new stove, which Reagan was more excited about that probably than anything else, the stove she was dreaming of. And there's just this sense of when you have something old, and it gets renovated, there's, there's something fulfilling about that. There's something, and, and really the whole world is like that. We live in a world that is broken. It's ever since sin entered the world. Things just, they don't work the way they were intended to. And they, they get old and they fall apart. In fact, I bet a lot of you, would, if we said in the last week, how many of you had to fix something that got broken or had to deal with something that got broken? Probably like all of us would raise our hand. Because that's just the world that we live in. It's ever since sin, stuff deteriorates. It, it decays. It gets older, and it's not only the material world, but it's, it's our lives, and our bodies, and 
There are aches and creaks and sickness and all sorts of stuff and in, our, in our souls and our emotions, too. And when Jesus rose from the dead, it was not only about Him rising from the dead, but it was about Him bringing new creation to this world that has been in decay since, since people sinned in the, in the beginning. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, so, there's a, our, our theme verse today is 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17, Paul the Apostle writes, and he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. New creation has come. The old is gone, the new has come. And... That's what Jesus' resurrection is all about. It brings new creation to our lives and to the world. And so, I want to look at what, is, how does, what does that mean? Because even in my kitchen remodel, like we've got a really nice kitchen that we really like, but it was, that process was so frustrating. And it didn't go smoothly. And there were a lot of frustrations with the builders and frustrations with the, how things worked. And even now, like it's nice, but it's, it's certainly not perfect. And it seems like every day there's a new scratch or a new nick. You're like, oh man, it's already like you can see the, the deterioration and the effects of living in this world happening to it. And we live in this world with, yeah, the God is bringing new, but yet there's this, this pull of that old power of, of oldness and decay that is, that is so real. But, but through the resurrection, I just want to talk about this. Um, three things. Through the resurrection, old things have become new. Old things are becoming new. And old things will become new. So starting with the first one, old things have become new. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was driving into town on K-177, and right as I was pulling into town, I saw a, a person whose old pickup truck had broken down. It was, it was on the side of the, of, the, of the highway. And you could see he had just started walking from his truck with a can of gas in his hand. And he was kind of waving at people to stop, and, you know, I don't do this all the time, but I, I was in a good mood, and I thought, you know, I'll, I'll help this guy out. And so I pulled over and said, hey, did you run out of gas? Do you need help? He's like, yeah, I ran out of gas. Is there any way, if you could take me to the gas station, that would be great. And this man was one of those people that it's hard to tell how old they are, because they look like they've lived a really tough life. You know, kind of that, you know, not... Not homeless, but sort of that essence of homelessness, if you, if you know what I mean. It's like, oh, oh my goodness, like, he could be 55, he could be 75, I'm not sure. But we struck up a conversation, and, you know, really engaging guy, really enjoyed just our, our brief conversation. But he mentioned, oh, I'm from Clay Center, Kansas. That's where I grew up, and that's where I'm driving to right now, actually. And something in my mind said, oh, Clay Center, it's funny, like, that's one of those towns where I run into so many people. I know a lot of people from Clay Center. And I said, oh, do you know, maybe you're, I don't know how old you are, but any chance you know a guy named Don Berman? And he's like, Don Berman? He was in my class in high school. And I was like, oh, man, Don is a friend of mine. And we actually, we've hung out some. Um, we actually went on a missions trip to Kyrgyzstan one year and got to spend about 10 days together and had this great experience. And Don's a guy who, he lived a rough life had issues with, with drugs, had issues with his marriage, but at the age of 30, his friend had become a believer in Jesus, and his friend introduced Don to Jesus, 
and Don's wife turned around, and Gina's his wife's life turned around. And he went from a guy who was, was barely making it, having issues with, with substance abuse, having issues with, with finances, having all issues with his marriage, all sorts of issues, to a guy who just you could see the, the life of God, the new creation of God sort of enter his life. And start a trajectory where he became a person who God ended up using, and he to, gave him a vision to start a financial business. And that business really grew, and, and he has become someone who has employed so many people and helped many other people find a, find a job, and he's given so generously to, to so many causes for good and for the kingdom of God. And Don and his wife, like he's, they're not perfect, but you can see like the new creation in their life. And so I had this conversation with, with my friend, I'll just call him Johnny Ka, like, that's kind of how I think of him, the, the homeless guy, the not, not homeless guy that I picked up, and he, it, was, it was interesting. He, he was very thankful. In fact, he said, oh, I... I don't have any money, but could I, could I give you some weed to pay for this, this errand? You're, you're helping me out. So I graciously declined. Um, had a nice little open up things to a spiritual conversation, actually, with him. But when I, called, when I called Don and I said, hey, I met your classmate, Johnny. And Don said, hey, how's, how's Johnny doing? I haven't seen him since high school, I don't think. Or maybe a reunion five years after or something. I said, man, life has been tough on Johnny. You know, I, I described just where he's at. And Don said, you know, it's just the grace of God that I would be like that except for encountering Jesus and the new creation in my life. He said, I was, and if you would know in high school, Johnny was the guy who was good looking, he was popular, he was a good athlete, he had a pretty good family. Like, he had... It would seem like things were going for him. But he didn't encounter Christ. And I did. And that's the difference in our lives right there. And all of us that have encountered Christ, we can hopefully say that, we, that like, man, that is, I can, the new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. I was like this, and I was heading on this road. And, you know, if we were young when we encountered Christ, maybe we don't have a full picture of, of what it would look like. But the new has of Christ and his saving power and transforming power changes things in our life. Not only forgives our sin, but gives us hope, gives us purpose, gives us the ability to overcome our, our temptations and our weaknesses and our addictions and stuff in our family. And there's a, there's a flourishing that comes. And it looks different in different people. But the old has come. And so... That's good news, right? The old is gone. The new has come. That's what Jesus' new creation brings. Um, but you may say, like, okay, um, if, all right, actually, I just want to read, read a passage, Ephesians chapter 2. So you know I'm not just making this up. This is, this is what God's Word says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So you were dead. We all start out spiritually dead in this, in this life. And then in, in verse 4, we read the words of Paul. He says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, 
even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We were dead, but God made us alive. He brought new creation to us. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So new creation has come. You may be going, you know, yeah, that's true. I've experienced that. But there's still a whole lot of other stuff in my life, too. I've still got all sorts of habits, all sorts of feelings, all sorts of life circumstances, all sorts of relationship issues that don't really appear like new creation has come to me in my life. I can see, like, yeah, there's some real stuff God's done. But, man, it sure doesn't look like full-blown new creation to me. And that's because it's a, it's a three-part process that we're talking about. we got some pictures to help explain this process. So this first diagram here, that's when God first made the first people, Adam and Eve, they were like that. They had three parts, a spirit, a soul, which is your, our mind, our, our emotions, and our will, and a body. And all of that is, is nice and fresh and clean and healthy. That's how God intended us to be. But when we sinned, we became spiritually dead. And that's this next picture here. Um, and if you can imagine it even a few shades darker, that would probably be helpful. But that our, our spirit dies, and our, our souls and our bodies come under the power of sin. And they become broken. And we come into the world like that, and that's, that's the condition of people in, in the world. But when a person turns from their sin and trusts in Jesus and his work on the cross and his new life through his resurrection, a miracle happens. New creation comes. And that's this third picture here in that our spirit is born again. And our spirit, the core of who we are, the true us, God resurrects and brings new creation in our spirit. And things are different. Oftentimes you feel that weight of sin just come off. You feel a connection with God that was missing before. There's a communion with God that we didn't have before. There's a a new life. New creation has come. But there's still a part of us in our souls and our bodies that are still very much influenced by sin. And that's what the Bible calls our, our flesh. And so we still have old habits. We still have old emotions. We still have old ways of thinking, old ways of acting that are, that are still not transformed. And that's a process that God wants us to lead us into. And so the second part of this new creation is that, yes, old things have become new, but in Christ, old things are becoming new. There's this process of transformation that God brings us into. And in, in 2 Corinthians 3, Paul writes about that and he says, he describes it like this, he says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His, are being transformed. There's that process. We are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So there's a, a progressive transformation of our lives that happens as we walk with Christ. Some of it starts right at the beginning. And even sometimes when we get born again, when we get new creation, there are things that God just miraculously delivers us from. There are, you know, in that, even in our souls, there are some habits that just by God's grace, He removes. And there's, that transformation already starts to hap- happen. 
But some of those things, many of those things, in my life, it seems like most of those things, it's a really long process. And there's a whole lot of resistance to it. But it's an ongoing experience of as we trust God and as we walk with God and as we apply His Word to our minds and our, our lives, that, that that process happens. You know, and I, it's, it's good to look at as a Christian, not just, hey, how do I feel about how things are going right now? But if I look back at my life a year ago, what has God done? How, how has He worked out His character and His new creation in my life over this past year? Man, I, by the grace of God, I could say, man, He's done a lot in this big project called my life that has a lot of, a lot of challenges. And I, my, my faith has grown. My relationships have grown. I, you know, if I say so myself, I think my character's grown in a few areas. I can see that and God has, has really worked. My, my trust in Him, my understanding of how He works. There's, and I've experienced his, his healing, His relationships, His changing in my life. And that's, that's, that's the norm of the new creation of the resurrection. Um, you know, it's amazing. It happens in our life, and as that happens, we're not going to get into this too much today, but that brings transformation to the world around us as well. And if you look at the past 2,000 years of human history, ever since the resurrection, new creation has been coming into the world. And we can say, well, man, the world is really messed up, and the world is really messed up. We got wars, we got dysfunctional politics, we got animosity and division, we have sickness and disease. We could go on and on and on. But if you look at, but it's kind of like this. It's how many of you know, like, like when you, there's something you really want, and you get it, something you've been trusting God for, and it happens, it's really great, but it's easy to forget what he's done. It's easy to be like a month later, like, oh yeah, that's norm now, and lose sight of how good he's been. And that's really what, what human history has been like. In the past 2,000 years, the changes that God has brought into the world are just incredible. And especially if you look at the places where the gospel of Jesus has gone. The places where the message of Jesus and his lordship and his death and his resurrection have gone and a critical mass of people have been personally transformed, those societies have been transformed as well. And we actually live in a time in history where there's less war than there's ever been before, by far. There's less poverty than there's ever been before. There's more political freedom than there's ever been. And you look, especially in the places where the gospel of Jesus has gone and is living and active. Women and children, there's still a long ways to go, but there's way more freedom and honor and dignity than there's ever been before in human history. And we could go on and on because new creation is coming. And where God changes lives and the church grows, it brings new creation into the world. So old things are becoming new. So old things have become new, old things are becoming new, and ultimately, old things will become new. And this is, you know, our next little picture is basically back to our first picture, that there will come a day when Jesus returns, and his project on earth is completed, and there will be a resurrection, not only of the resurrection that happened to Jesus 2,000 years ago, but everyone who has believed in him who has died will be raised again. And we will have resurrected, glorified bodies. 
And we don't know exactly what that looks like. That's kind of interesting to think about. Jesus, when he was resurrected, there, was he, there were still the scars. There were still evidences, like he, the resemblance from his previous life. But there were also things that were very different. Um, he still ate and drank, but he could also appear and disappear. And there was a difference to his appearance, it seems like, where people didn't recognize him all the time. And there's going to be, a, in the resurrection for us, a, a new, new body, new fullness of coming into everything that God intended us to be for those, for those of us who believed in Jesus and experienced his new life. And not only is that um, going to be the promise that we look to personally, but it's going to be a new creation that transforms and ful- completes the, the, the transformation that God has been bringing about in the world. And I just want to read uh, one more passage here that describes that. It's from Revelation 21, almost in the very end of the Bible. But I love this, how it describes the new creation that, that God is going to ultimately bring about in the world. In Revelation 21, verse 1, John, the, the apostle, writes, and he says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. It's a new creation. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. So this imagery of a city, of a new Jerusalem, of a bride, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's describing the church, the people of God, all those who have believed in Jesus and had a new creation. This is describing them coming into this new heavens and, and new earth and joining, joining together in this new creation. And it says in verse 3, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. In verse 5, He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And I love that, is that God is sitting on his throne. And at the time where the Apostle John had this encounter, he saw God saying, I am making everything new. I am right now working by my resurrection power in your lives today in people's lives today, in the world today. I am making everything new. I am creative. I am powerful. I am more powerful than all the forces of decay and futility and frustration and sin in the world. I am making everything new. And then he goes on, verse 6, it says, He said to me, it is done. And I like that because it's not, on the one hand, it's not done. We haven't seen the new creation finished yet. But God is saying, it is done. Because the real victory that needed to happen for this to happen has been completed when Jesus said it is finished and on the cross and then was raised from the dead. It has been done. The, God has brought his victory and his new creation into the world. It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. So new creation has come, new creation is coming, new creation will come. So, that's really awesome. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? I mean, if that's the reality of God, that's the reality of the world, doesn't that change things? Doesn't that change our, our 
how we go about life, how we feel about things, if we are in a place of, of believing that to be true? Well, it does. And, but it's also true that people experience this at different levels. Some people experience it at a very high level, level, and some people, unfortunately, don't experience it at all. And so it's really important that we know, how do I experience this new creation? How do I be part of it? And so I just want to uh, bring it home with this. How do we experience new creation? Three things. First thing is we have to admit our brokenness. We don't experience God's new life until we come to the place of admitting that our old life is broken. We have to acknowledge that we need a Savior. We need a crea- uh, someone to bring new creation into our life. And that's all it takes, but it's, it takes some humility. And so to become a Christian, to experience this new life, it starts out with saying, okay, I, I admit I'm a sinner. I see that I have sinned. And this brokenness is in my life. And I need help. I need a Savior. And so if you've never done that today, that's, that's the first thing that is, is required is to say, okay, I realize that I've sinned against God and I am broken. I need a Savior. Even those of us who have done that, it's a continual process of coming back to saying, okay, yes, my, my spirit is new creation, but there's a lot in me that's broken. And God, I, I, I need you. I am broken in these areas of my life. And I need you to do your transformative work in me. So we have to admit our brokenness. And the next thing is we need to trust in Jesus. We've got to turn to him and look to him and, and trust in him. In John 11, Jesus was having an encounter with a woman named Martha. He was talking to her. And he was actually just about to raise her brother Lazarus from the dead. She, he had died. And he said these words. In John 11, 25-26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Can we all say that today? Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So there it is. And then he says this, The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Because I am the resurrection and the life, and my life is available to you. Even if you die, you can experience this life that transcends death. But it's the one who believes in me, the one who trusts in me, who experiences it. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked her, what? He asked her, do you believe this? Because that's the question he asked every one of us. Is, hey, it's great that I'm the resurrection and the life, but do you believe this? Because if you're going to experience it, you need to believe it. And that's how we, we first experience it. And even as we, as we live this life, even as Christians, the question is not just a one-time question, but it's a question for us to answer day by day. Am I believing this? Am I trusting in Jesus to be my life? Is he the one I'm trusting and looking to right now? He's the one who makes new creation from old. And as we trust him, we, we receive his new life. As we trust him, we experience breakthroughs in our, in our life, breakthroughs in our, our addictions, breakthrough in our sin, breakthrough in our fear, breakthrough in our relationships, breakthrough in our finances, breakthrough in our health, in our education, our development. It's as we trust him and look to him. 
and seen him. And, and you know, it takes, it's difficult to do this because there's a lot in us and in the world that seems to say, wait, are, is your life really coming into the world right now? It's easy to see the other stuff. And so the question is, am I trusting the other stuff or am I trusting who Jesus is and what he's done through his resurrection? So it's, to experience new creation, we've got to admit our brokenness. We've got to trust in Jesus. And then the last thing is we experience new creation as we give our life. And this sounds kind of counterintuitive, like, like a lot of things. But it's amazing that if you look at the first disciples of Jesus, who believed that he was the Savior of the world, he was the one who brought new life to the world, the one who had brought new life to them, what did that lead to in their lives? Well, if you know the stories of the early followers of Jesus, many of them died because they believed Jesus brought them new life. That's kind of crazy, right? Like, wait, I thought you were supposed to bring me new life. But the Bible describes them as joyfully giving their lives, giving their possessions, giving their time, giving their all for Christ and his mission. And why was that? It's because they knew that he was the one who brought new life to them and the world. And that nothing could stop that. And that death itself could not stop that. And even the process of them giving of their life was somehow just, even as Jesus' life, he had to give his life to experience resurrection. There's a very real sense in that we must lose our life to come into the new life. God has for us as well. And Jesus said, if you lose your life, you will find it. But if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. And there's a reality of, if we really believe that he's the source of new, he's, he's life, and that we will die, even we will live even though we die, and that his kingdom comes as people believe him and give their lives, then, man, that is a, that is a really awesome way to live. Because nothing can hold us back, back and nothing can, nothing can, um, can bring fear because we know we have life, no matter what. And so we experience new creation as we, as we admit our brokenness, as we trust in Jesus, and as we give our life to him. I want to just pray for us. And worship team, you can go ahead and come on up. We're going we're to worship God with, with one more song. But, man, I'm so, God, so glad that God makes old things new. He's making old things new. And let's just, let's just pray together. I believe God wants us to experience that and come into that in a new level wherever we're at this morning. Father, we, we thank you so much today. Thank you for giving your all. Thank you for giving your son. Lord, thank you that new creation has come. Lord, thank you for the freedom from sin, the forgiveness from sin that you've brought to us. Thank you for the many ways that those of us in this room have experienced your new creation. And Lord, we, this morning, I just pray that you would help us to honor you by believing you more, by trusting you more, by seeing and believing what you've done and the new life you've brought in you brought, the new creation you brought. 
Lord, I, I pray for each person here that wherever we're at, that you would, you would stir this morning. You would even just, just bring them into a place saying yes. Thank you, God. I believe you've, you've given new life to me. You have, you've given new creation to me. Lord, I, I want to receive that. If you're here this morning and you've never turned from your old life and trusted Jesus through his work on the cross and the resurrection to take away your sins and make you a new creation, I just invite you to, to pray these words in your heart. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. Thank you for bringing new life. I trust you today. I give my life to you. And I trust you to bring me new life. And I want to give my life for you in bringing your new creation into the world. Lord, may that be the prayer of all of us. Lord, thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.